0: and load. This is Steve Dace. The
1: Steve Dace Show. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Spring is nigh. At least that's the rumor. Welcome to The Blaze. I'm Steve Dace. We are live and on demand. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email the program. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And for those of you listening only today via the Blaze Radio Live or on the podcast later on, last name is D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening to us via podcast today or any day and you have time to leave us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice, we would greatly appreciate that. Thank you to all of you that have already done those things. Our good friend Bob Vanderplotz will be joining us here at the bottom of the hour. Next hour, we continue our conversation on my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. We're going to look at whether or not it's true that we can truly hold the Republican Party accountable. We're going to get into that in the next hour of the program. Now, one of the cool things about doing this job, other than it beats going down a mine shaft with a flashlight, is we get to support worthwhile causes. And maybe the most worthwhile cause in the history of history, uh, is the word of God. And our friends at Back to Jerusalem, that's where their heart is at. They want to take God's word uh, to every closed country between communist China and Jerusalem. And what do we mean by closed country? These are nations that oppress their people. They, they don't want to let them have access to the Bible because they don't want to, their people to know the truth that will set them free. First of all, free from their own sinfulness. Uh, and then, or inspire them to say, you know, I, I'd kind of like to be free from your sinfulness too, big bad government. That's exactly why oppressive regimes have historically shunned the scriptures from uh, from getting into the hands of their people. Uh, they closed them off to it, hence the term closed country. And what Back to Jerusalem wants to do is, is take the word of God to those closed nations like China, like Iran, like uh, Somali, Somalia, like North Korea. Uh, if this is your heart too, here's where they need our help. They have taken the word of God and put it in a small electronic form uh, about the size of a large pill that makes it easier to essentially sneak by the gatekeepers in these closed countries and to bring the word of God, the light and hope of God's word to those nations uh, in spite of their oppression. If this is something you want to support, it's $15 to get one of these Bibles into the hands of at least one person in these countries about the cost of you and somebody you know going out to a fast food lunch today. If this is a cost a cause you want to support. BlazeHelp.org is the website. That's blazehelp.org or give them a call at 844 305 0566. That's 844 305 0566. And now here's Aaron with what happened while we were away.
2: What happened while we were away? Brought to you by.
1: I didn't do this stuff. This is not me. I'm fighting for my life. Y'all killing me with this. Shit.
2: I give you thirty years, I'm a Robert. Thirty years, I'm a Where are the armed men who come in to take the protesters away? Where are they? You shout like that, they they put you in jail. Jussie Smollett was indicted on Friday by a Chicago grand jury on 16 felony charges related to a false report of a hate crime back in January. This kind of behavior is never tolerated in Baracqua. No trial, no, no nothing. The artist formerly known as Bradley Manning was jailed after refusing to testify to a grand jury in an ongoing case involving WikiLeaks. You're playing music too loud, Right to jail, right away. You're driving too fast, jail, slow, jail. Nick Sandman's attorneys announced they're suing CNN a quarter billion dollars for their coverage of the Covington Catholic controversy. Journalists, we have a special jail for journalists. You're charging too high prices for uh, sweaters, glasses. You write to jail. Former Trump campaign chair Paul Manafort was sentenced to 47 months in prison for tax fraud. You're stealing. Right to jail. You make an appointment with a dentist and you don't show up, believe it or not, jail right away. We have the best patients in the world because of jail. But on a serious note involving Venezuela, the power grid there has all but gone out. Hospitals are unable to properly care for patients. And as Marco Rubio pointed out over the weekend, the Maduro regime lacks the capability to repair the grid and get it back online, meaning that Venezuela could be headed for an even deeper disaster. Nancy Pelosi defended Ilan Omar.
3: I don't think our colleague is anti-Semitic. I think she has a different experience in the use of words, doesn't understand
2: that some of them are fraught with meaning that she what didn't realize. We have to say the words before we find out the meaning of words. Tulsi Gabbard said this about Syrian dictator Bashar al-Assad. Do
0: you believe that Assad is a war criminal? I think that... The evidence needs to be gathered. And as I have said before, if there is evidence that he has committed war crimes,
2: he should be prosecuted as such. Kamala Harris said this about global warming.
4: It is a fact that we can change human behaviors without much change to our lifestyle. And we can save the future generations of our country and this world. Howard
2: Schultz said this about socialism. At the core of our country,
0: which is foundational, is a free enterprise system which is core to our democracy. For us to start moving towards a level of socialism is such an extreme position and something that I think is inconsistent with the values and the heritage and the tradition of the country. And that is what Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, and others are proposing, to try and defeat Donald Trump with a far extreme proposal. If Donald Trump runs against one of those types of candidates, it's my belief that Donald Trump will be reelected. that the vast majority of Americans are not going to embrace socialism.
2: Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez said this about America. And this idea of like 10% better from garbage. <laughs> Is, should it shouldn't be what we settle for. Media Matters uncovered a decade-old interview of Tucker Carlson where he made some really, really inappropriate and distasteful jokes. He admitted as much, but also says he's refusing to apologize. And finally, I'm trans. I'm a person of color. I'm an immigrant. I'm a lesbian. I'm a gay man. I'm the disabled. I'm everything.
4: I am the Eggman.
2: And that's what happened while we were away.
1: I don't know if you realize how fitting it is to follow up Alyssa Milano's nonsense with I am the walrus. Like, there, there's some four-dimensional chess there. And given your youth, I don't know that you truly no, understand. I understood
2: what I was doing. Because the, there's complete a... Complete gibberish yes. followed by complete gibberish.
1: Yeah, there you go. There's a story behind that song. And, and the, the story behind the song is Lennon wrote it when he read in the Daily Mail that uh, there was a local school teacher that had found uh, and was teaching kids apparently all these hidden meanings in Beatles songs that really weren't, you know, always intended, okay? Uh, Sometimes it was just a song. Like, Strawberry Fields is not an illusion to uh, pinpricks in your arm from shooting up drugs. That's not what it means, okay? That's not what it means. Now, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds is LSD, that's true, but there's a lot of other hidden meanings that aren't true, all right? And, Lenin was so annoyed by this phenomenon that they literally wrote, I am the walrus, and it means nothing. All these lyrics are total gibberish. There is no meaning behind them whatsoever. The whole song is what we would call today a troll. All right? So there is poetic license and justice there uh, on the part of Aaron, whose montage is brought to you by our friends at Home Title Lock. Homeowners, beware. A data breach may have just exposed another 24 million of us to home title fraud. If you've got a mortgage refi or HELOC through a major bank that has been breached, this is the kind of thing that may put you at risk of losing every dollar of equity in your home because this gives scammers what they need. To claim they're you, uh, to use a social security number, uh, to use a checking account number, a middle initial, a maiden name, the kinds of things that you use to identify yourself when you're doing business with third parties online. They now have that information. So they go to your county accessor recorder site where a lot of our home titles are kept these days. They use that information to verify they're you. They forge a signature, and that may give them the option of refiling the home under another name. Take out loans on your home. Stick you with the payments. Now, this is a story that they're covering right now. I think it's in Philadelphia. One of our listeners sent us the story. Uh, There's a man in North Carolina that has literally pilfered somebody's home title. Uh, and they keep trying. He keeps trying to put this family's home up for sale while they're living there. So this is a real thing. We're not just throwing canards out there. All right, this is this is actually going on. And if you have identity theft protection, it won't protect you. Uh, your major bank won't protect you. But home title lock for just pennies a day will. Uh, they will protect the most valuable investment most Americans will ever be fortunate enough to have: their own home. Find out more and find out if your home's title is already at risk. Free title scan and report normally. value Uh, today. It's free to our family at the blaze at home title, lock.com. That's home title, lock.com. Uh, we're going to talk, uh, on the round table today on the blaze later today. We'll, we're going to discuss Howard Schultz and his views on if it's over, if the Democrats nominate a socialist, if it's definite that the country will reject that, uh, and Trump will win. We're going to discuss that on the roundtable today. Ask everybody on the panel if they agree with that. And then we're going to ask for those who do agree with that. How much longer do we believe that will be true? We're going to talk about that today uh, on the round table. couple of worldview items I want to get to because I, I the whole, you know, the whole click conservative mass is going to talk about uh, Tucker Carlson today. And I, I don't care. Yeah. I, 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 I almost never click on Twitter moments. I accidentally did today and saw that my Detroit Lions signing free agent wide receiver Danny Amendola had about 4,800 tweets and hashtag boycott Tucker Carlson had about 2,300. Okay, so I don't. You picked the
3: wrong day to quit sniffing glue, Yeah, my I, I, yeah,
1: yeah. Every, and, and let me let me tell you some people are going to do this because they earnestly see what media matters is media matters is the accuser literally I and mean, this is you know what is satan's name what is it translated to one translation is adversary another is
3: accuser okay a, it, I thought it was a media watchdog group no, that's not
1: what it is it's David Brock David Brock was one of the original Clinton Chronicles guys in the 90s with all the Bill Clinton conspiracy theories, uh, then found out that he liked to have sex with other guys and became a liberal. And now he is doing another hackery, form of hackery. This is his outfit, you know, and and their goal is to essentially anybody who doesn't toe the line of cultural Marxism uh, is they're the southern poverty law center of, quote unquote, media watchdogs. So, I, I, you know, I, I'm not going to be lectured to about you know tawdry, off color, obscene remarks Tucker Carlson made when he was working for MSNBC. By the way, at the time in 2007, by by literally hell's propaganda arm. I, I'm just don't fall for the canard. This is a this is this is don't. The, the, don't fall for the banana in your tailpipe. That's what this is. This is not a time to. We should have better spokes. These people don't care about character and integrity. This have whatever view of Tucker Carlson and his. And if you believe that these comments are so bad, you can't watch them anymore. Make that because your conscience made that decision. Okay. Don't, don't respond to their zipper rattling. Don't be a groupie. no I don't, this is a game. They don't care. These people don't care at all about obscenity or no, this is, this is literally hell spawn. And I mean this literally don't. I'm, I'm, so a lot of people are going to point that out today in my line of work, because some of them will believe that the rest are just hoping they can get booked on Tucker's show and, and, you know, earn some brownie points. I, I, I'm going to let that game go on over here because there's a couple of serious worldview things that when Media Matters finds the next topic, they're going to you know try to uh, hashtag tomorrow. We'll all move on from this stuff will still matter. OK. Um, and, and one is what Nancy Pelosi is saying. I, I want to make sure we understand the full ramifications of her defense of Ilhan Omar's anti-Semitism because she is literally this is what this is what intersectionality now is doing is in order to honor Ilian Omar's prominent place on the international inter- intersectionality pyramid scheme they are going they are they are out there blowing up decades of work on multiculturalism as we speak as we speak they're doing it they are saying they are literally admitting to us Can I speak plainly? You're damn right I can, because whose name's over my shoulder? Whose name's on the marquee? Mine. It's pronounced Dace. So I'm going to be speaking some plainly until they turn this thing off, okay? So let me speak plainly. What they're literally telling you is cultures that are dominated by Islam are inherently anti-Semitic. Let that simmer for a second. And then I'm going to repeat it just in case Media Matters is looking for something else to write about today when the Tucker Carlson thing doesn't work out for him. What Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats are admitting to you is that cultures dominated by Islam are inherently anti-Semitic. That's what she means when she says, well, I mean, this is her personal experience. Her personal experience is, you know, we just did a commercial for Back to Jerusalem. And Back to Jerusalem is a ministry that does what? Takes the Bible to closed countries. What was one of the closed countries that we mentioned? Somalia. Somalia. Where's Ilian Omar from? Mm, Somalia. Somalia. Now we've been doing ads for back to Jerusalem before she got inaugurated into Congress, and most of us knew who she was. We mentioned to you about Somalia being a closed country before you most of you ever heard the name Ilian Omar. When Nancy Pelosi is telling you is that cultures dominated by Islam are inherently anti-Semitic. That's the kind of thing that if Tucker Carlson says it, Media Matters launches their next campaign. Hashtag boycott Tucker Carlson today. So let me connect some dots for you. That's That's why we're not going to get all involved in that. That's not real. Media Matters doesn't care about whether or not Tucker Carlson is a good person. They care about the fact he's kicking their ass in the ratings. That's all they care about. Don't play don't fall for it. This isn't real. This is cherry girl from yep. I'm going to get you sucker. These are not her. This is not his real integrity. This is not their real soul. This is not their real brain. This is not their real character. This is not their real morality. This is not their real heart. It's all fake. They this yep. is the leap press on nails of integrity. They don't care.
3: The same people who support Pelosi right now uh, and with that excuse, uh, we're agreeing with uh, getting Gary Dolphin suspended for saying King Kong a couple of weeks ago. That's how absurd this yes. is.
1: I mean, the, Donald Trump is a racist because he took the seven countries Barack Obama State Department listed as the most likely to harbor terrorism and said we should stop importing people from these countries. Because the dominant worldview there makes it virtually impossible to vet who we're bringing into the country. What Nancy Pelosi is providing you is the explanation for what Donald Trump meant by that. That's
3: exactly right.
1: She is providing the Paul Harvey rest of the story. In order to defend Ilhan Omar's group identity, intersectionality status, they have to admit to us now. Countries dominated by Islam are inherently anti-Semitic. That's their defense. Don't lose sight of that. And don't fall for any more of your the multicultural canards. They don't mean any of it. They don't mean any of it. When forced to defend what they've been trying to impose on us for decades, we saw what happened in the past week. They chose to expose the fact this is a scam rather than hold one of their own accountable for her own bigoted views, because you know what multiculturalism really was about, and that doesn't mean by the way uh, i you know I was involved for s- several years in my own hometown with an old friend of mine that I dedicated this book to, Jonathan Narciss, you know him and I organized events and luncheons for black and white ministers that doesn't mean. You know, having people of, of 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 different backgrounds and customs come together and find common ground. You know, I watched you know uh, the Schoolhouse Rock about America being a melting pot. Growing up, I believe in that stuff. I don't really care what language you speak in the produce aisle of my grocery store. I I really care about. Whether or not when it counts the most and where it counts the most, if we have common views as an American, because there's a whole kind, there's all kinds of people that don't know any language other than English. And I wouldn't elect them dog catcher because we have no common denominator on any values that matter whatsoever. Don't, don't get all caught up in the, in the frosting. Stick with what's in the cake. The frosting can change. The cake remains. And the cake here is rotten. This was never about multiculturalism. This was about you giving up your values and the truth you believe in in order to be preconditioned to accept an alternative one from them. That's what this was. This was a form of conditioning to brainwashing. And they just admitted this to you out in the open. She can't help being an anti Semite. She's from a predominantly Muslim
2: country. She's the victim. And that claim, Steve, if I can interject, I'm sure, sorry. Sure, um, absolutely. You posted some data from Pew on yes. your Twitter feed. It's not like your claim is without uh, without some data backing it up. This is a Pew survey from a while back uh, just for, for your information about Muslim views of Jews by country. Mm-hmm. And now, as you're saying this, uh, the Speaker of the House of the United States of America – it's just confirming what Pew has already has yes. already found.
1: In fact, in, just to, to further a point on that, in that same survey, Pew, what is it, 20, is there 23 countries or something like that on that list? It's, 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 it's quite a few. It's yeah. quite a few. It's more than 20 are on that list, including the United States. And what they found is is they is they is of all those countries on the list, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, okay, 15 countries, my bad. So there's 15 countries on that list, 15 Muslim populations from the UK to Jordan, from Lebanon to Canada. So we've got geographical diversity, we've got local custom diversity, right? We've got form of government diversity and there's one this you know we talked about it's it's good for people of multiple of, of different cultures and backgrounds to come together and then find when it matters most and where it matters most if there's a common denominator right right yeah you're get, are you going to see more hijabs in 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 canada or egypt do you think in egypt guys okay jordanian muslims have live a more a largely more secular view than moroccan ones do right Different customs, cultures, but when asked, do you believe, in every one of these countries, the the Muslims of Poland are not the same in terms of what their local conditioning and, and culture is like than the Muslims of Pakistan, for example, okay? When all of them were asked, despite all these differences in how much they embrace secular music, how much they watch Western films, the way, that, how much they clothe their wives and women, despite all of those differences, when they were all asked, do you believe Arabs pulled off the 9-11 terror attack? They could not find a majority of Muslims in any of those countries, including the one we are living in the United States. Pew could not find one majority Muslim population to say, yes, Arabs were responsible for what happened to the U.S. on 9-11. Not one. Not one. So just like it's tolerance for me, but not for thee. Just like it's diversity for me and not for thee. Bigotry for me, but not for thee. If you try to secure your nation and your borders and your cultural heritage, you're a bigot. And if you won't accept that Ilian Omar is a bigot because she comes from a country that is dominated by bigoted views, you're a bigot too. Because here's what it really means. If you're not wearing our jersey, you're a bigot, no matter what you believe. And if you are wearing our jersey, you're not a bigot, no matter what you believe. That's all this is. This is a cult.
3: It's a cult. That's
1: what it is. Anybody want to add any of that before I move on to something else I want to address?
3: I would just say that you've spent a lot of time diagnosing why the Republican Party needs to die for basically what amounts to fraud. Well, what you just outlined here is the fundamental reason why the Democratic Party needs to die.
1: Kamala Harris's comments there. That's a and and these two things, again, let's connect some more dots. We can change human behavior. Who's the we?
2: The crowd surrounding the Tower of Babel?
1: Yes. What she's giving you there is the creedal statement
2: of spirit
1: of the age progressivism. With enough tax dollars, with enough political power, we can change people's behavior. We can save them. We can sanctify them. We can redeem them. Still want to argue with me this isn't a cult? Still want to argue with me this is not the rival religion? This is not the spirit of the age? That's exactly—look at—dude, uh, put like a Hillary Clinton Indian garb, you know, uh, what were those things called, uh, 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 the business suits that Hillary used to wear that looked like Benny Hinn? Oh, <laughs> the pantsuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah pantsuits. Put one of those. Put one of those on Kamala Harris and close your eyes, and that looks like you're getting, you know, some— TBN fraud is slaying in the spirit. All right. There's a religious zeal there. Because that's their article of faith. Human nature is basically good. And, and that's why we can be perfect. If human nature is basically good, why do you need to change human behavior? Anybody
3: have an answer to that one?
1: Why is basically good behavior need to be changed? Do you know the answer to that? Sounds like the
2: guillotine is coming for you first, Steve.
3: Yes. We need more education, Steve. Yes. Education.
1: It's funny you should make that reference because after they got done uh, storming the Bastille, what came next? The reign of? Terror. Terror. And what was the institution they took out? The church. They took out the church. They put up an altar to the goddess of reason and took down the Virgin Mary uh, and out came the guillotine. That's what came next. And one of our founding fathers went there and, and... Observe this, one of our more secular ones, and he thought this is a great idea. We can be free without any God, without any accountability. And he wrote a book about it. He sent the manuscript to Benjamin Franklin, thinking old hedonist Ben will be my ally. I'll get, uh, you know, I'll get the guy. You know, I'll get if, if Ben Franklin were alive today, he might be at an Asian spot A77 getting happy endings, like the owner of the New England Patriots. So that if I can, and but I, I can get that guy. To, to buy on he doesn't want any divine accountability and he's you know he's king kong around here when he speaks he's ef hutton everybody listens is. right you like that i do okay. when he, he's ef hutton when ben franklin speaks we all listen i'll get his endorsement so he sent his thing to ben his manuscript to ben franklin ben franklin said this is total trash don't ever let it see the light of day this would be the undoing of everything we just accomplished which you're advocating <laughs> that's what we're talking about that's what this is You know, the culture flirted with secular libertarianism a few years ago as the salve, as the antidote. And now we're going to flirt with secular Marxism as it. My follow-up question to Kamala Harris would be, if human nature is basically good, why do you need to change behavior? Why are we ever bad? If human nature is basically good, then if you have all this scientific data that we're all going to die tomorrow, like, we, like the oceans were going to burn 20 years ago, Ted Danson, and the internal combustion, combustion engine was going to end the polar ice caps in 1993, Al Gore. If this is all true, why do I have to be convinced of it? I'm basically good. I, why, why can't I? How come I'm not accepting all of your facts at face value? Why, are you, why, why do we ever argue if we're basically good? Why do we ever have to be changed? Why do we ever do what's bad? That is their creedal statement, is what you saw there. This isn't a political movement. It's a spiritual one. And the politics are just flowing downstream from the altar.
3: It was also internally insane. She said we can change behaviors without affecting our lifestyle too much. What are a bunch of behaviors over and over again that you put together and you live them on a regular basis? What's that called?
2: Uh, the answer is once the guillotine is done with Steve, it's coming for you, Todd.
3: <laughs> Fair enough, but it's called lifestyle. lifestyle. I, I mean, it's right. not yeah. even coherent. Right.
1: So is, is, Kamala, is Kamala Harris riding a bike everywhere she goes to run for president? Why is she adding to her carbon footprint if this is so important? If, if this is literally a life or death situation, why are you engaging in these behaviors in your own lifestyle then? I mean, if, if C. Everett Koop, when he, when, he, when he essentially devoted his Surgeon General term to stamping out smoking as a mainstream activity, lifestyle in America... If, 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 if he was out, hey, guys, before this Q&A session, quick smoke break. Would we think, I don't know that this guy's truly all in on this. I'm not sure it's as immediately dangerous as we think because dude's out there right now dropping heaters. I don't know that he really is convincing me that I need to change my lifestyle. You see where I'm going with this? So if it's this dramatic and this drastic, you know, uh, hop on the bike. Get off the well, plane. To be Lifestyle
2: f- for me, but not for them. But
3: to be fair, there is a good Republican pres- precedent for all this. I mean, we did need to suspend free market principles in order to save them. So she's just copying. Yeah. Well,
1: yes. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, it, it, it's that, bad everywhere. It, that could very well be the dumbest thing I've, I've witnessed a politician say in my career. Is, is that line from George W. Bush? Yes. We'll come back more in a moment. Stay tuned right here on the Blaze. <laughs> So, a lot of studies about New Year's resolution say sometime around Valentine's Day, to Saint Patty's Day, is when a lot of that resolve begins to fade or has gone altogether, and. You know, in, in recent years, you know, for a long time, the two most popular resolutions were losing weight and quitting smoking. Now it's kind of losing weight all by itself, with with smoking not as prevalent as it used to be, and and you've got you know e-cigarettes and vaping and Nicorette gums and those sorts of things that uh, help people with the nicotine uh, fix while getting them getting them off a pack a day or two. So if if you're fighting the battle of the bulge. First of all, I've been where you're at. I'm still where you're at. I still, I mean, I've, I've lost a ton of weight, but it's a battle to keep the weight that I used to have on off uh, and to continue to try to make more progress. And it doesn't get easier the older we get as well because uh, your metabolism just isn't what it used to be. So here's an all natural product I want to recommend to you. It's called Riduzone. All right, now this is not, A stimulant. Uh, This is an all-natural product, and its its main ingredient is OEA, uh, which is a metabolic booster that is found in olive oils. Uh, Our bodies produce it. um, You know, our pets produce it, but again, your body doesn't produce as much of it uh, at you know my age uh, or thereabouts as it used to when you were twenty-five. And you could get this through olive oil if you. And I love olive oil, but as much as I love it, I don't know if I can drink like a half a. Bottle of it a day. That's how much you'd have to drink uh, to get the same amount of OEA you'll find in one capsule of Riduzone. So um, if you want to give this a shot, give your metabolism the boost that it's looking for the natural way, Riduzone's running a 30% off three month supply if you use My Name Steve as a promo code. You'll get 30% off a three month supply if you use My Name Steve when you go to riduzone.com, R I D U Z O N E. R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E, riduzone.com. That's riduzone.com. Our good friend Bob Vanderplatz is here with us. Good to see you, my friend. How are you?
4: Good to see you. Doing really well. Uh, thrilled to be
1: on your show. So I sent you a text this morning. I said, hey, what do you want to talk about today?
4: Uh, <laughs> so good. I get blamed for this one, right? Well,
1: and, and I like to, you know, if you're going to have a guest on, on a regular basis, you know, find out what it is that they're the most fired up about, you know? What's stirring them? And you sent me this video that we're going to show the audience in a second, and I I didn't know who this person was. I, I'd never heard the name in my life. I still don't know who this person and is. He's running for president, I guess, seeing <laughs> him on their town hall, all right? So he's one of the 75, what was Cory Booker's line last week? 2020 is gonna stand for the 2020 Democrats running for president next year, right? This is one of them, all right? And, and I have no idea why you want to address this. And on purpose, I didn't ask because I want to find out <laughs> along with the rest of the audience. So Aaron, let's play the clip.
0: I mean, I don't know, it's really strange, because I used to at least believe that, that he believed in our, I've disagreed with him ferociously on these things, but I thought, well, at least he, he believes in our institutions and he's not personally corrupt. But then, um, but then how could he get on board with this presidency? How could somebody who, you know, he, his interpretation of scripture is pretty different from mine to begin with. Okay, I, my understanding of scripture is that it is about protecting the stranger and the prisoner and the poor person and that idea of welcome. That's, that's what I get in the gospel when, when I'm in church. And his has a lot more to do with, with sexuality and, uh, I don't know, a certain view of rectitude. But even if you buy into that, how could he allow himself to become the, the cheerleader of the porn star presidency? Is it, that he, is it that he stopped believing in Scripture when he started believing in Donald Trump? I don't know.
1: I don't know. All right,
4: so who is that? Well, obviously his name is Pete Egg or something like that. I've I've never heard of him before. You, but- did you know? Do you know who this yeah, guy is? Never
1: you never heard of him either, Aaron? You know? I, no. Okay. I he's well spoken. I've I've never heard the name in my life. I
4: believe when I researched him, he is a mayor in South Bend, Indiana. Okay. Um, I believe he is married to another dude. Okay. Because in, in one of the articles it said if he were to become president he would already have his first man. Okay, Uh, But when I watched this, Steve, I got to tell you, I just got like enough already. I'm tired of this stuff. I mean, it's not that Mike Pence is cheering on porn stars or adultery or anything else. And it's the thing, but you know what? Look at my policies. One one thing he, he said that I agreed with is that his interpretation of scripture has got to be a lot different than Mike Pence's interpretation of scripture. And I'm tired of people hijacking Scripture to fit and to mold and to prop up their own personal political agenda and being applauded. I mean, now we're going to applaud. If we want to applaud Scripture, let's really take a deep dive into Scripture, and let's talk about everything, all the way from what does marriage constitute, all the way from what is the sanctity of human life. When does life begin? So if we want to start bringing out Scripture, stop playing holier-than-thou to use it Against somebody else in a forum like that. That's what made me upset about it.
1: Why? Okay. Um, I'm with you. But why is that not just the other side of the coin of what we've watched Robert Jeffress and, um, uh, you know, the Clown Show Brigade? Uh, Jerry Falwell Jr. Well, you know, yeah, uh, at least he didn't rape somebody like JFK, uh, you, know, but, you know, allegedly did. Why isn't that what, What and what's his name? Pete. Pete. We're just going to go with Pete. We have no <laughs> shot against the last. And, and regardless of somebody's viewpoints, as someone whose last name has been dense, dice, Dees, my whole life, I am sensitive uh, to butchering other people's last names. So we're just going to call him
4: Pete. Vander plates, Vander plants. Yeah, yep. Mayor, how plants. about Mayor Pete? Yeah, okay. there you go.
1: Why? Why isn't Mayor What Mayor Pete doing just the same? You know, you just flip a coin. It's the opposite. You know, the, the, the Cheeto Jesus phenomenon that we. Well, first out.
4: of all, he's not going after uh, Peter Jefferson, and he's not going after uh, Franklin Graham or whoever else it might be. And we have called those guys out consistently of saying, "Wait a minute, you can you can call balls and strikes. You can say this is good, this isn't good." Basically, what he's doing, he's calling out Mike Pence and his belief in Scripture. Mm-hmm. I, I and I really believe, and I, I'm not. i and you know that I've not always fanned the flame for Mike Pence. Like, look at Pence; he he can do no wrong. I've been very open with you on the Riffra deal as governor of Indiana. Some things that he has stayed silent. Well, on. See, I would
1: make the point to Mayor Pete that the point of Scripture is actually we all done wrong. Exactly. That no no one can do all right. That's actually the but, point. But, 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 of scripture. But, but
4: here's here's the different part of it, though, Steve. He's basically putting on to Mike Pence that you support now porn stars, adultery, and abuse of sexuality, whatever it might be, because you support Donald Trump. And I'm telling you, categorically, that is false. Mm -hmm. I guarantee you Mike Pence does not believe in that. However, Pete, let's talk about homosexuality. Let's talk about God's design for marriage and family. You obviously have no reckoning with Scripture there whatsoever. I mean, you don't want to read the Scripture there. As far as being the poor, about the people who are down and out, or the the Samaritan along the road, let's have a conversation on that piece of scripture, and we can have that. But to say that Mike Pence now believes this, or he stopped believing in scripture when he started to be vice president for Donald Trump, or Mm -hmm. believing in Donald Trump, I'm just, I guess what I'm saying is that I'm throwing up the hypocrisy flag, bigger than life, and we need to be concerned on both sides. We do it to our side, I think frequently, Steve, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of calling them out, holding them in check. Well, then you get something like this on a CNN town hall of trying to elevate scripture and his belief in it when he when he I mean obviously is outside God's design in it, and then saying to someone like Pence going, "But you don't believe in scripture because you are vice president for Donald Trump."
1: It sounds like you have an opinion similar to mine on uh, the the media matters Tucker Carlson thing, which is that. Media matters as an as an enterprise has absolutely zero moral credibility whatsoever and and therefore, their thoughts on on what Tucker Carlson said on the Bubba the Love Sponge show over a decade ago when he actually worked for MSNBC at the time mm-hmm. um, are you know form your opinion of Tucker Carlson on the basis of, of what your own conscience dictates and not at the provoking of people who literally are the propaganda arm for the bowels of hell. They, that, they, they, this is, they're not really interested in integrity. They're not really interested in character and they wouldn't know it uh, if it bit them in the backside. What they're interested in is Tucker Carlson and Fox News are kicking their ass in the ratings. And so they're trying, and they're, in, they're interested in anything whatsoever that stands in the way that they perceive it as cultural hegemony. Sounds like you have a very similar view of Mayor Pete's quote unquote interpretation of scripture.
4: It's a similar view, but on an exponential level because he's inserting God's word into this thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, I think you're right. We all fall short. Donald Trump falls short. Pete falls short. Mike Pence falls short. All of us on this panel fall short. However, the scripture that comes to mind is that, you know, before you start pointing out the speck in this guy's eye, maybe pull out the plank in your own eye. And to me, you're you're doing it in a national platform, CNN, elevating that you're now the party that's okay with killing babies born alive. You're okay with 60 million deaths, a slaughter. You're okay with redefining gender, redefining sexuality, redefining marriage. A lot of things are outside of God's design. But you're still going to hold up God's word and and call out somebody, which, quite frankly, I know categorically is wrong because I guarantee you Mike Pence does not believe in adultery. I guarantee he does not believe in being out with porn stars or anything else that he's trying to attribute to Mike Pence because of his association with Donald Trump. Do you think— you you like to say let's let's look higher,
1: right? You bet. Psalm okay. one twenty one. All right. So I think Mayor Pete probably has already gotten more run than he deserves, but he does have a viewpoint. I mean, he's given you the Jim Wallace oh, interpretation sure. of scripture. His, the viewpoint that of, of of what the scriptures say that he has is prevalent on the left. That w- w- where they've essentially fashioned Jesus into a golden calf version of, of Che Guevara, you know. Um, so so we have to tackle that. And that, and what he is saying is going to come up more and more and more often,
4: especially in this presidential primary. Where there's 2020 yep. candidates, as yep. Cory Booker says. Yep. that's why I wanted to call it out. So I wanted to talk about it today. because people are going to be bringing out the scripture like crazy. We saw it in the 2016 national convention. I remember you and I talking about this. They're taking our talking points. Mm-hmm. You know, when when they go low, we go high. You know, talking about the greatness of America. Those, I mean, they're taken our talking points. Mm-hmm. And so now what's happening is I'm, I'm seeing in this 2020 Democrat field, 2020 Democrat primary ready going, we're going to hold up God's word. We're the party of God's word. You guys are not. And I'm th- saying, you know, when, when they asked the angel, you know, you know, what side are you on? Are you on our side or their side? And he said, you know, I'm on God's side. That's right. where we should be talking looking Talking
1: about at. the book of Joshua right. when the angel of the Lord shows up, right? So... <clears throat> Do you think we can't control the kind of skullduggery you're talking about and it's not new this has been going on um since the dawn of the church all right? and this sort of these sorts of views bastardizations of of god's word are not new you know and and they and they won't go away until uh, he returns uh in a in a with a sword in his mouth and a robe dipped in blood, okay? To settle accounts once and for all. That's the nature of things. We we're going to have whether it's Mayor Pete or the Democratic Party or Nero or name, we're going to have to push back against this. That's, you know, the church that's what we do. Let's talk about what we can control. Do you think Mike Pence has has used his position you know, we talked with you last week about the Daniel Initiative, being a being a Nathan to a David, all right. Being, you know, you look at Daniel served the pagan power until the power tried to um, encroach upon jurisdiction over his conscience hmm. and obedience that only belonged to God, and then he refused it, right? You think Mike Pence has done that as vice president, or has he served Donald Trump? Unconditionally, in your view? Do you think he's spoken any words of truth or wisdom into his life about these things? Or has he just been strictly a servant?
4: You know, I think, excuse me, I think first of all, it's gonna be hard for us to judge. Mm-hmm. Because what we do is we see Mike Pence in a public, a public venue, a public lane.
1: And by the way, if you would have seen Daniel, if we had cable news when Daniel was serving the kings of Babylon in public, that's all you would have seen, too. Exactly. You know, because that would have been the public face. So, so we should we should point that out. And, yes. and So
4: I think leadership, whether it's at the family leader or whether it be with your board with Veritas and the Steve Day show, is that, listen, guys, if we have disagreements, let's keep it behind closed doors. When we get out here, you know, we're on the same team. We're, mm-hmm. we're trying to advance the ball. So it's going to be very hard for us to judge publicly. I've got to believe behind closed doors, uh, Mike Pence has used his demeanor and his way of representing the gospel of Jesus Christ to Donald Trump. Some of the fruit that I would see, uh, this has just happened this last week, our good friend, uh, Joel Rosenberg, who was a hashtag never Trumper in 2016, he ended up voting for Trump, but right up till the last week, he was you know, calling out all the sins of Trump, hashtag never Trump. And he was very concerned about the character of Trump going into the White House. This last week, Trump had Joel Rosenberg in the Oval Office with Mike Pence, with Secretary Pompeo, uh, with Ambassador Bolton, or excuse me, National Security Advisor Bolton, and basically talking about Israel in the Middle East. And Joel was very open to Donald Trump that he was a never Trumper, and but he applauds him for what he's been trying to do in some of these different arenas. And so I think even there, I think because Mike Pence was so close to Joel Rosenberg he probably could talk to Donald Trump. Listen, you may not like him because he was a hashtag never Trumper, uh, but here's a guy that is has a very sincere heart and I think you want to listen to him as it represents the Middle East. So I think that would be one piece of the fruit where I think, no, I think Mike Pence has got some influence. Yet with Donald Trump privately before the public venue stuff.
1: I think one of the things we're going to have to figure out and we only got a couple minutes left. So I'll give you the last word. We're in an era where the sexual revolution has tainted virtually every person, every family, every household in the culture. I don't know that anybody's going to walk out of here without any blood in their ledger for the last generation. They're going to be able to accuse anybody,
4: mm-hmm.
1: whether you were an open hedonist like Donald Trump was or, you know, you just have a questionable browser history on your iPad. OK, where, wherever you're at on the sexual revolution deconstruction scale, pretty much all of us have some spot on that scale somewhere. That's just the, the, the systemic breakdown of the culture. Mm-hmm. We're going to have to figure out that we're going to have a low standard or we're going to have a low amount of potential proxies and candidates who are, to, who are going to have lived according to the standard we stand for. So we're going to have to figure out, are we justifying these people in their sinfulness? Or are we using our influence with them to, to move them further into righteousness? And and I think, because I think the culture will put up with the realization of the human condition. What I think the culture will repel us greatly for is if if we're rationalizing it and excuse-making
4: it for it. You know, I think you summed it up really well. Because really what I saw with Mayor Pete's deal was I'm going to point out the hypocrisy there, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to acknowledge my own hypocrisy with scripture as well. Mm-hmm. And so therefore, I think you go back to look higher. If we want to look higher and say, listen, uh, whether it's adultery or a misuse of sexuality porn stars, whatever it is, according to scripture, I'm okay with that. But then let's apply it all the way through. And it might even help by saying... Yeah, he's not even applying his yeah. own
1: standard. Right. Yeah.
4: And it may even help to say, listen, I'm a fallen person as well. Mm-hmm. and But there was no precursor of that. It's basically calling out one is saying, there's the speck, that's a plank, and that's a bridge too far. But boy, when you take a look at my stuff, uh, that's okay. Don't go there. So I think you're right. And that's where the whole part is. Let's look higher, and let's apply it fairly.
1: Good stuff, Bob Vanderplatz. Appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming in Thank you. God bless. We're going to come back. You have any quick thoughts on that? Got about a minute, Todd. What do you think?
3: Well, I'm not a huge fan of Mike Pence in general. Uh, Bob knows the man, so I'm going to take his word that uh, he is doing what um, we all pray that he is doing – Behind the scenes, but speaking about outside of uh, behind closed doors and open in front where all of us can see, you know, we have reason to doubt whether Mike Pence has the capacity to be effective.
1: We come back with uh, hour two here on the blaze. We're going to continue uh, the study of my new book, Uh, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. And we are going to confront one of the final remaining shibboleths. That uh, many of us are choosing to believe, despite the evidence to the contrary. And it's in, and, and we're, we're almost, some of us are actually now admitting that this is a lie. I saw Ralph Hallow, who I used to work with at the Washington Times, wrote something over the weekend. Um, the Republicans don't deserve to have a majority in the Senate, but we need to, we need to keep them there and let them have it anyway. All right, so we're going to get to this notion that at least we can hold the Republican Party accountable. Can we? Really? We're going to talk about that when we come back. Stay tuned. We are back with hour two of the Steve Dace show live and on demand on the blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888 900 is the number Steve at Steve is how you can email us. Uh, that's D E A C E. For those of you uh, listening on blaze radio or via the podcast, you can also like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace show. And it's funny. I'm, I'm getting emails now from people telling me I have, I'm, I have to click like on your page like three times before it shows up that I liked your page, and then like your updates never show up in my newsfeed. So I, yeah, you will go back to the empty. That that's that's the yeah I see. I that, was, that, was, that was a
2: Freudian slip. That, I thought that was the, the wide newsfeed. shot. Yeah, this is a actually a shot of all of our new likes yes. on Facebook the last two years. <laughs> yes, all of them are right there.
1: It's amazing. Somehow we added 200 reviews on iTunes last week. We've added 24 people on Facebook in over two years. So, okay. Uh, All right, whatever. Okay. Hey, do you have itchy ears, ear pain, that plugged up feeling? Maybe you're constantly asking people to repeat themselves. If these problems sound familiar to you, you could be like millions of Americans forced to visit the doctor for a professional ear cleaning. But now, You can get the same results, but in the comfort and convenience of your own home, courtesy of WaxRx, which uses a physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes earwax buildup and then will soothe the ear with a pH-conditioned formula. If that sounds like what you go to the doctor's office to get, that's because it is. And now you can use WaxRx not only in the comfort and convenience of your own home, but also without a prescription. So no more expensive trips to the doctor, no more wasted time sitting in the doctor's office or using cotton swabs or other solutions that really don't solve the problem and might even make it worse. Try the WaxRx system risk-free today. Just go to usewaxrx.com, use the offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. That's usewaxrx.com, offer code radio for free checkout at shipping. All right, let's get to it. Uh, Each Monday, we've been going through a chapter in my new book, Truth Bombs Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise, endorsed by people you like a lot more than me. That's why they sell more books, have more followers and make more money than I. That's why I needed their endorsements because I didn't think my word alone was going to be good enough for you. So Dan Bongino, Ben Shapiro, Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, Matt Walsh are the folks that agreed to endorse our new book. If you don't have your copy yet, you want to follow along on the study, uh, you can get it over at, at uh, Amazon. I always go with the wrong way because I forget that the... It's back at me as a reflection. Uh, You can go to Amazon, get your copy right now. If you have gotten a copy and if you like the book, uh, a five-star review on Amazon would be appreciated. Thank you to all of you that have done that already. The lie we're going to look at this week is lie number four. At least we can hold the GOP accountable. Truth bomb. As long as the Democrats remain a hard-left, neo-Marxist political party, Republicans can get away with virtually anything. And I go back, I tease this at the top of the last hour uh, before I came to Conservative Review and now The Blaze. I used to write for the Washington Times. And Ralph Hallow was their chief political reporter when I was a uh, columnist there. Uh, I think he's still that, maybe he's a columnist as well. But uh, Ralph's got a column out over the weekend. I saw it. The Republicans in Congress are terrible. They are not deserving of a majority in the Senate. But we need to keep them there anyway. That's pretty much my point of this chapter. In that headline, almost serendipitously timed for this conversation, which again is, as long as the Democrats remain a hard left, neo-Marxist political party, Republicans can get away with virtually anything. And you know what? I wouldn't actually argue with Ralph. I'm not sure I share his sentiment completely, but I don't think it's without merit. I tend to argue against things I think are without merit. Like if if I think your point has merit and I don't share it, I have a tendency to either go ahead and share it anyway because I think it has merit that people ought to consider it or I'll just ignore it. I, I tend to argue with points I don't think have merit. Like And I don't think there's a point in arguing about stuff that hasn't been decided yet. Right, like We do this in sports a lot. I'm, I'm more about let's argue why our team didn't win the game we thought that they should as opposed to whether they will win the game before it is played because the game's going to be played. So why argue about who's going to win an event that we know is going to take place? What point does that make? The event will take place. We will know the result. Argue about the result after we know it. Why argue about a result that is going to definitely occur before we know? All right. So in in, in in Ralph's case, I don't know that I share wholeheartedly the sentiment, but I don't think it's without merit. I mean, I'm the guy that went out there and did something I haven't done in 15 years. Last November, I voted straight ticket Republican. And I hate most of these people. All right. But, you know, I, I kind of just threw them out there to be human shields on my behalf. Stand between me and Marxism, not to mention what they tried to do to Brett Kavanaugh, who's a judge I don't even like. He's basically auditioning to be the next Anthony Kennedy, John Roberts uh, industrial complex. I just didn't want to set the precedent that, Hey, next time they put up a judge, we actually do like they get to just lie in, in about him as well. So I understand where he's coming from. I've found myself kind of tracking at times. So that's a good segue to the conversation. And now Todd and Aaron, the floor is now yours.
3: Well, I think an alternate headline would be and it would make Shannon Joy proud uh, why why the unibrow can exist because we think the unibrow is, is one entity but like with a yin and yang it, that one entity is made up of separate parts and they are allowed to be a unibrow because of certain uniqueness of character with each that draw them to each other in a and in this way you lay out with data a very schizophrenic way But there's a distinction within that unibrow that you highlight in no uncertain terms, and I want you to start with that. Quote, allow me to bottom line what this means in blunt language. People typically become Republicans because of what they believe, while people typically become Democrats because of who they are. That's not new language to you if you watch this show regularly, but... You're making a very, very important distinction between two parties to ultimately say why we can't get anything ultimately, fundamentally, substantially, substantially different. Right. And here's
1: this actually goes to what we said last hour about Ilana, uh Omar and the Democratic Party is letting you know multiculturalism was a scam in that intersectionality meaning you were never going to be able to keep your current customs and and your old traditions and um uh and and you know just be part of a great uh, wider more diverse melting plot that now melting pot well plot that's a Freudian slip there too uh melting pot that included now we're going to include gays and uh uh, people that uh, aren't sure, you know, whether they feel like a nut. Sometimes they don't all enjoy. Right? Uh, it, this it was never about that. It was about trade in your identity for the one we we want you to have. And you see that, as I've pointed out before, the way they respond. to people like our John Miller here at the Blaze, or Dave Rubin, for example. The minute you maintain the multicultural identity, but then but then latch on to any form of of cultural traditionalism whatsoever, you're anathema, you're a terrible person because it's about the identity. And so when the identity, Ilan Omar's identity is now, now the Democrat party is saying we're anti-Semites and we can't help it. We're the victims. She comes from a Muslim country and she's the highest identity we have to support her. And, and so this is why, when you ask someone, why are you a Republican? Now, I will say this, This is starting to, there's a, this is starting, the old, the identity politic is seeping into the right. I just love Trump. I like Trump. I like, I like, I like when he, I like, I like what he says. Okay. We're starting to see more of this because, and it's unavoidable. That's why I talked last week about we're, we're, we're devolving into warring political cults. Because it's vastly different to say, I'm voting for Trump because I believe in the Constitution or I'm pro-life and he's the only thing standing between me and and those values and what the Democrats want to do to them. It's a vastly different thing to say that to then saying, I just love me some Trump. I think he's funny. the Swamp. Two totally different things. This is why it doesn't matter if you arrive at the same conclusion. What matters is if you started with the same premise. You both may arrive at the conclusion stealing is bad, but if one person hasn't repented of all their other sins before arriving at that conclusion, he will go to hell. And the person who repented of their sins from as a premise of why they believe stealing is bad will not. They ended up in the same conclusion, but since they started with the wrong premise, they ended up at vastly different destinations in the end. We're going to end up in a vastly different destination in the the what's left of America. If we have a reason, and insert Trump and whoever the next political celebrity is, if we have reasons for why we are putting up with their weaknesses, other than, I just like that guy. He's funny. That's my guy. There's a fanboy, and then there's a patriot trying to figure out how to navigate murky pea soup in a culture.
3: They aren't the same. This is why you can say something a couple paragraphs later, to to piggyback on what you're saying. You can say this, and it can be true. I'm more right-wing than ever, but nothing polarizes us more or makes us more tribalistic than identity politics. That's exactly right. Go to the, we're going to talk, to, that guy did send us an email from last week, Joseph, right?
1: That is correct. I'm going to respond to his questions tomorrow. tomorrow. Yep. Yeah, but it, I mean, I've, I am virtually doing what he wants me to do. I went and voted straight ticket Republican. I am telling the audience that Democrats are avowed open communists. The gates of Mordor are opening. I am doing what he wants me to do. I'm just not doing it with the same motivation that he is. He wants affirmation for his motivation because he loves Trump.
2: This weekend, I saw somebody tweeting at you, went on their profile, and it's clear it's just the other side of the corn, coin, other side of the corn. Um, you just don't like, or you, uh, you, uh, you uh, like Trump too much. Yes. You don't like him or you don't dislike him enough. Uh, that is the purity test. That is the test by which we determine your integrity, whether or not you shill for my favorite politician or not enough. See, 20, 20 years ago,
1: 20 years ago, the Democratic Party covered for Bill Clinton's fallacies or weaknesses, peccadilloes, particularly as it went towards women. Feminists lined up to do the Sunday morning shows to defend him. Why? Because he was pro-abortion, and adamantly so. There's a difference between standing by your guy because he's standing by you on policy. That's one kind of a group think. And sometimes in life, it's justifiable. It, this side of Eden, it is. Sometimes, sometimes FDR has to break bread. Churchill's got to break bread at Yalta the with Stalin. The perfect can be the enemy of the good. Sometimes you have to this side of Eden. I've never denied that. That's not what we're starting to do on the right, though. And that's what the Democrats are already there. What the Democrats are now saying is, see, that the, the, they, they, the feminists stood by Bill Clinton because he was with them on issues they cared about. What the Democrats are now saying is, we have been the political home for Jewish voters for decades. We are going to change to now become the anti-Israel, pro-antisemitism party to accommodate Ilan Omar. They're changing their positions on things to justify their politicians not justifying their flawed politicians to protect or defend their positions on things. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. That's a radical difference, guys. That is the, you want to know what, Steve, what's the difference between tribalism and a cult? I just gave it to you. Tribalism says, hey man, that's my guy. He's doing what I want. So I'm gonna look the other way on all kinds of things because we got a, a marriage of convenience happening here and we have some coinciding vested interests. Jerry Falwell Jr. is not a cultist for Trump. He's a tribalist. That's why he is saying things like, "I, you know, he's, he didn't rape somebody like JFK. Now, the test will come if, if Trump moves to the middle on issues that he cares about rhetorically. Will he move with him? See, that's what the Democratic Party is doing for Omar. They, have this, they, they try and, and they even tried to avoid doing this. That's how you know, to to quote Palpatine, the circle is now complete. That's how you know. Because they actually started last week, a week ago today, they they started the process of not letting her do this to them. They were going to go Jean-Luc Picard in first contact. The line must be drawn here. No further. That's what they're going to do, their own Borg. The Borg they created that they unleashed on the rest of us. They were going to draw the line on their Borg and say, hey, you guys aren't playing the game that we, by the rules, we started here. You're expecting us to move with you. No, 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 no. You only destabilize the people we're against and we operate over here and do whatever the hell we want. And then the Borg said, you know, we kind of had all those other class M planets. Yours is the only one left. We're gonna take yours too. Because that's what locusts do. When you unleash locusts on your, on, your, on your enemy's crops and they're done consuming them, they don't just say, hey, we're full now, capos, uh, to, the swallows to cap a swallow, whatever the hell that is. We're going south for the winter. That's not what they do. They look around and like, there's some more crops. But wait, uh, those are ours. Well, uh, we're hungry still. Thanks. That's what's going on right now. The Borg didn't stop at the produce aisle. It's like, yeah, you know, we're going to take the produce with us. And so on. Month, last week, the Democratic Party tried to draw a line in the sand and say, we're not doing that. We're not going to become the. We're out here. We've we've been trying to tell America for the last two years the guy whose wife whose daughter is another Freudian slab, the guy whose daughter is a Jewish convert, and the co president, Jared Kushner is Jewish is an an anti semite. We cannot let you know a woman spew jihadist propaganda on Twitter from the halls of Congress. Under with our jersey on it. We can't, we can't be the anti-Semite party. So they started the week a week ago by trying to avoid this happening. They ended it with, yeah, we're all in. I mean, ba- basically, you know what? As long as you, you got a D I, on your team, we will change whatever we are, particularly if you're a non-white person with a D, the identity politic must be honored. That's the difference between tribalism and a cult. Oh no, we suck again. Yes. Now what we're flirting with here on the right, it well, maybe tariffs aren't bad. Maybe they're okay. Oh, and, and, and a totally unrelated note. Why did two Republican congressmen in Iowa lose in the last election? Anybody know? The state hurt have, the most by them. anyway. You have a clue? Pigs Total mystery to me.
2: Soybean.
1: No idea. No idea how it happened. Maybe tariffs aren't bad. Corn. You know what? Yeah, I think we got to let the dreamers in. Why do we need a wall? See, we're flirting with this now. We're flirting with trans from there. It's one thing to say, I'm going to put up with everything. I don't like about Trump because I'm getting judges. I want because he'll defend the border, right? Things we care about. That's what the feminists did for Bill Clinton in the nineties. It's another thing to say, I like me some Trump. So I'm going to change now what I have believed my long held beliefs. And now not just on moral character, See, the issue isn't that you voted for Donald Trump knowing that he was an adulterer. The issue is that you did a CNN focus group where you literally said there was a group of Christian women in Texas who literally did this. I just think Stormy Daniels is lying. Well, she wasn't lying. So, there you go. That's where you've now, you have not made an accommodation for the reality of the human condition east of Eden, you are now changing your beliefs to conform to a graven image. What is the second commandment? Do not make a graven image. That's the difference. Tribalism and idolatry are not the same thing. Don't minimize what idolatry really is. It is the most destructive manifestation of human sin on this planet. It has killed more people. It has enslaved more people than any other manifestation of human sin. Short of the fragile male ego, frankly. Okay? Don't, don't, don't. Tribalism's grating, annoying. It can be destructive. Idolatry is a weapon of mass destruction. Okay? It's, it, it is a biological level. It's mustard gas in your food supply. It poisons everything indiscriminately. And that's the debate we're now having on the right, which is, It's one thing to say you stand with Donald Trump because he's the only thing standing between you and them while he's doing what you want him to do. It's another thing to say when he abandons you, not saying that he has. I'm just saying if that were to happen, you now change who you are because you like he's some Trump because that's what the Democrats just did with anti-Semitism. And the danger for that on the Republican side is the difference between the two Going back to your original point, if you ask the average person, why are you a Democrat? Here's what they're going to tell you. I'm black. I'm gay. I'm a teacher. I'm a single mom. They're going to give you an identity. If you ask the average person, why are you a Republican? They're going to say, I'm pro-life. I believe in limited government. I support the Constitution. Strong national defense. They're going to give you a belief. This is why when elections are about issues, who wins?
3: The right, the, the conservatives, the, yeah, Republicans, The Republicans win.
1: Because they have framed the electorate to make the election about beliefs. When elections are about personalities, who wins? The left. The left. Democrats do because they have framed the electorate to make it about um, identity. Number one reason a whole bunch of people voted for Barack Obama, frankly, was he was black. And they wanted to move to a post-racial America. And then they saw his policies and it didn't work out. And he did something nobody else has ever done in the history of the two-party system, he got reelected president with fewer votes than he got the first time, right? So if that's why I said, if this election is about, I'm annoyed by, if suburban women are thinking about Donald Trump's a bad person, he is going to lose no matter who the Democrats nominate. And if the election is about, I suburban women think we can't have socialism in America, the Democrats are going to lose no matter who they nominate and it comes down to which of those two sides have better framed that decisive electorate to go into the polling booth looking and analyzing it from the premise they prefer i promise you well steve it sounds like if elections are about personalities we should become more of a personality driven you won't you'll never out idolater them ever you'll never out emote them you'll never out personality them Look at the way they instantly defend their people. And we don't do that on the right. And nor should we ever, by the way. We should never do that. I hear this lament on Twitter all the time. We don't ever stand by our people. What if you're not worthy of being stood by? Maybe the reason I'm not standing by you is you're a piece of human debris, not worthy of being stood by. Maybe you're a piece of poop. Yeah, I don't, you, 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 crying, you cried yourself to sleep at night last night that Paul Manafort got 47 months of prison. I did not. Did you, did you not? Did you, Aaron, did you feel this compulsion? I got to stand when you, when you watched, when you, when, when you watched the clown show, that is Roger Stone. And he was threatening delegates with sicking unruly mobs on them. If they dared not conform to the image of Trump at the last GOP convention. And then when you saw his home get raided, you think, boy, that's just a real shame. Did you think that way? Stand by your clan? Not so much. No, no. Some of you don't, some people aren't worthy of being stood by. Now I do agree. We're way too quick to abandon our people. I agree with that on the other end too. You know, But by and by and large, um, we're never going to be able to herd cats the way they do on the other side, because we largely come at this from a belief standpoint. This and this is why whenever we're debating each other in the last month of the election, should we vote for the Republican president or not, we're going to lose. Because that's really an argument between a group of people who haven't been sold to vote for the GOP nominee on the basis of their beliefs. And then the group of people who believe that you vote for the GOP nominee because he's literally heaven born, if not heaven sent. They're arguing with each other. That is what will become of the not left America if the Republican Party becomes a celebrity driven vehicle. It will make a lot of people money. Fox News will continue to dominate in the ratings. And we will be like piranhas fighting each other over the last few uh, air spots on that network. We will also lose the country in the process because we can't unify people around personalities because our voters are not driven by that as a block. They're driven by belief. If I wanted to be driven by personalities, who's, 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 who, should, who would I vote for? The personality-driven party. What's a more powerful narrative? Hey, spending five years in the Hanoi Hilton's a pretty powerful narrative, isn't Correct. it? Correct. Yeah. Is that more powerful than I, I get to be, have the, the, I get to absolve myself of my great, great grandparents' shame, even though they actually came over here from Ellis Island and were called WAPs and put in ghettos. Um, I get to absolve myself of a shame. I, my ancestors didn't even leave in America to be a part of by voting for the first black president. What's the more powerful?
3: It would be John McCain. Yeah. Hey,
1: Donald, what's the more powerful narrative Donald Trump is funny Donald Trump is, may entertains me or I get to vote for the first woman president what's the more powerful narrative
3: uh, first woman president
1: yeah no doubt so I, I we won't beat them at that so at some point we have to make a decision are we here to get booked on cable news is that our primary mission or which just feeds the worst of all tribalistic instincts comprehensively with limited exceptions, or are we here to win a generation? We will not be able to do both. So choose wisely.
3: I don't think that's going to happen. We
1: both know that Yeah. That we're not going cho- to, that, that we're going to choose wisely. You don't think that's going to happen. Yeah.
2: And it may not. I don't know. I don't know. There's inside the Venn diagram, if I can visualize this inside the Venn diagram of conservative ink, there is uh, clicky conservative. There's a one circle with clicky conservative, C L I C K dash Y. And then there's clicky conservative, uh, C L I Q U E dash Y. Clicky conservative. Those inter- uh, overlap quite a bit. We're like, we try to be like up there. Uh, there's not very many people. Who are trying to exist outside that. And this chapter kind of reminds me, uh, Steve, of some of the old West stories or fables maybe of, uh, of bounty hunters, like the non Pinkerton/ detective, uh, like the independent bounty hunters uh, and how they weren't exactly well liked. they were more tolerated um than anything because um people didn't trust them they were more tolerated than trusted Mm -hmm. um but people did tolerate them because at least for today they were the only ones willing to stand in between them and their homes Mm -hmm. getting raped pillaged and plundered by the bad guys and at least maybe you'll turn into one of the bad guys tomorrow because as it says in in this video game i'm still playing red dead redemption 2 you don't hire a saint to catch a sinner um you might turn into a bad guy tomorrow, but sure. at least today you're the only one willing to do something. I would like to challenge you. I, is it possible? Because Art, the, the guy who started um, what was CRTV now Blaze TV, um, he was disenfranchised in a lot of ways um, by giving donations to Republican leaders and just having them completely uh, poop the bed mm-hmm. all of the time. Mm-hmm. Is it a? Um, is it a misnomer that if you have money, you have more sway when it comes to the Republican Party? How is that different than the, than the other side of the aisle? If there is a difference? When well, there's not very many people again, on the right side of the aisle um, that have a lot of money. this is
1: this is the other major reason why you can't hold the Republican Party accountable. One is because the further left Democrats go, the more, and I don't think it requires tribalism or whataboutism. The more, you know, your God-given survival instinct kicks in, and you're like, I, I, I can't stand these people. But, you know, it's them or me, right? That's, that that you you start feeling like you're not you're not permitted the luxury of pontification of of, of being a theoretician because. You see a, a you know a horde of orcs coming over the ridge, and you're like, "Well, someone's getting out of this alive, me or them, <laughs> right?" Here's the other reason: it's what you're touching on. The 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 there's two major differences between the Republican and Democratic parties, and these are really the two big difference differences. The the Democratic party inspires its base to get what it wants. The Republican party conspires against its base to get what it wants. And the reason why that difference exists is because of the only other real major difference between the two parties. The vast majority of people who write the checks in the Democratic Party are to the left of the average Democrat voter if you live in a place like Des Moines, Iowa, or Dallas, Texas, or um, Orlando, Florida, or Charlotte, North Carolina. The average major donor to the Democrat in the Democratic Party is to the left of that average Democrat voter in places like that. And the average Republican major donor is to the left of the average Republican voter pretty much everywhere. And there's one issue that proves what I'm talking about. I'll discuss this when we come back. Stay tuned. <laughs> Hey, do you struggle to get started during the day? Uh, maybe hit that, uh, you know, post-lunch crash, and you're thinking, you know, I'm, I'm gonna get one of those little bottles of, uh, you know, energy supplement drinks that have, you know, all kinds of chemicals in them you can't pronounce, or. Uh, some other kind of, uh, of energy drink itself in a big bottle uh, that also has you know, 47 ingredients and 46 of them. I, I wouldn't know how to spell them if you put a gun to my head. Don't put that stuff into your body. Now, this, this doesn't mean we all don't need an energy boost. Okay. But again, if, if you can do this naturally, always err on the side of doing it the way nature and your creator intended so let me tell you about dawn to dusk it provides clean energy focus and improved mood for up to 10 hours and i use this product on a regular basis no jitters there's no crash when it's done um and it has no calories and no sugar all right and again sometimes you have to be careful with this stuff if you know If you have any food allergies or digestive issues or a sensitive tummy, none of those things with this either because you're not putting all those additives and all those chemicals into your body. You're doing this naturally. Give this a try. Visit BrickHouseSteve.com so you can get a bottle of this groundbreaking formula. And when you use the promo code Steve, you'll get 15% off your first order. That's right. Same people that do Field of Greens, same physician-led company um, that does this as well. All right. Brickhouse Nutrition. It's called Dawn to Dusk. BrickhouseSteve.com is how you can order 15% off of your first order uh, when you use promo code Steve as well. All right. So the issue that proves the point I was making to you, there's several issues that do, but no issue better proves this point to Reset. These are really the two major differences. Now, there's ide- ideological differences from people that tend to vote Democrat, Republican. That's not what I mean. I mean the people that run the show, the people in power in the two major parties. Really, the two differences are, A, Democrats inspire their base to get what they want. Republicans conspire against their base to get what they want. And then B, because A works because of B. The average mega donor in the Democratic Party is to the left of the average major Democrat voter outside of, you know, college towns and, you know, liberal states like California. Like if you're if you're one of those people that's like, Steve, I, I live in, uh, uh, you know, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I don't, I don't I don't know a lot of, you know, I, I know a lot of Democrats that believe in Medicare for all. But I don't know a lot of Democrat because they think everybody has a right to health care. But, you know, I know a lot of the people that believe in that, that think it's appalling. They keep going after that poor baker in Colorado. The guy writing the checks to the Democratic Party that matter, he's to the left. Tom Steyer, um, Bill Gates, Warren Buffett. He's to the left of all those people that you know. All right? and, and power goes where power is. And where in this world's economy, where is the real power? Money. That's where the power goes. Now, on the Republican side, the average major Republican donor is also to the left of pretty much the average major Republican voter, like anywhere in America, like anywhere. And the Republican base is probably collectively, except when it feels like it has to conform to justifying Trump. Is collectively as conservative as it's been in in ever. And yet the party keeps moving to the left. Why? Look at the issue of immigration. Look at look at who your major GOP donors are. Sheldon Allison, pro amnesty. Oh, he's pro Israel too. Pro amnesty though. Koch brothers, pro amnesty. We won't disclose him, but one of the few major donors on the right in recent years who's actually a culture-worrying conservative is the guy that started us at Conservative Review. That's why he started us. Because John Boehner and all those guys, we wrote massive checks to those people. Told them they were going to do this, they are going to do that. They didn't do any of it. They lied to him. But we don't have a lot of people that can write checks like that. a lot of the major donors to the Republican Party are to the left of all of you. And the issue of immigration is the defining issue. This is why you've had to fight this party for a decade. McCain, Kennedy, 2006. And George W. Bush was giving speeches saying, you hate Mexicans if you don't want to do amnesty. This is bigotry. He said that about us. You've had to fight your own party for over a decade on this. And you're still fighting him now. You thought you'd won with the nomination and election of Trump. And then he's doing dinners last week at the White House with the Chamber of Commerce hacks. We need cheap labor. (laughs) All right. This, this This is the only reason they're in the Republican Party. And they don't care about anything else. They just want the cheap labor. That's all they want. They want chattel. And they are willing to import and bring in any amount of aberrant worldview in order to get it. They don't care what the greater costs are. This is why I've been talking about how much more economic growth does the state of Texas need? Because... It's Facebook. Is it Facebook they cut the deal with? Is that, is that the social media giant that went there? One of them. Google, Facebook, one of them. All they did was just bring in basically the last three points of votes, beta or work needed to beat Ted Cruz last year. That's all they did. How much more money do you need? That's all these. That, that's the, the, the major donors on the right. Amnesty today, amnesty tomorrow, amnesty forever. That's, that's their number one issue. Collectively, this is why you can't get the Republican Party to do what you want them to do on the issue. And so, what happened is the Republican Party set up a self fulfilling prophecy. Because they moved to the left on issues that you care about, like amnesty, you stopped writing them checks. And so, they had to go to the big donors to get the money they needed to stay in power. And the big donors, what's one of their priority issues? Amnesty. And so what did the Republican Party have to keep promising them more of to get more money? Amnesty. And by promising them more amnesty and then turning on their base and saying, the only reason that you wouldn't want to you know, import 12 million Democrat Party voters is you're a xenophobe. There's like literally no other reason on earth. No other reason on earth other than you're just a xenophobe. Couldn't be another reason. So they moved further to the left, further away from their base, who was less loyal and less willing to cut them checks. So they, and, and so they had to keep moving left to get the big donor money to take your place. Now, you thought you had solved this with the nomination of Trump, who didn't need anybody's money, he had his own. And he was speaking your love language. But you have to understand these people are absolutely relentless. And the number one, the number one instinct in Trump's belief system, because you know a tree by its fruit, is cut a deal. That cut a deal and, and you, you be the guy that looks like you cut the deal and you declare it as the win. That's, this, that's his driving instinct in life. The art of the deal is his religion. So if you're going to keep him on the straight and narrow, you're going to have to resist the temptation to say things like, we have to let him get away with anything because the Democrats are so far left. If you tell a man like Donald Trump like that, he will he will try to get away with everything. If you let him go for caving on this last budget deal, the next cave will be worse. I promise you.
2: He's going to grab you by the disappointment.
1: That's exactly right. So here's the benefit of Trump. He at least cares what you think, and he's listening to you on some level. Most of the rest of these guys would have sold you out on amnesty a hell of a long time ago if they could have. And then just gambled that you would have voted for him anyway because the Democrats are so far left that they can do whatever they want to you. At least with Trump, he's still listening. But he's starting to, you know, I am no fan of Ann Coulter. I think she's a craven opportunist. But when Trump says things like Ann Coulter's a total whack job, isn't that what he said about her over the weekend? Why is he upset at Ann Coulter now? Was Ann, was Ann Coulter not a whack job
2: last year, the year before? When she wrote in Trump we trust.
1: Yeah, she, was, she wasn't a whack job when she wrote in Trump we trust. But now she's a whack job because why is she a whack job to Trump? Because she's mad that Trump isn't keeping his word. That's why he's mad. That's why she's a whack job now. That's always a danger sign with your politicians. That, that, hey, it's, it's a slippery slope between calling Ann Coulter a whack job and John McCain calling Rand Paul and Ted Cruz and Mike Lee, wacko birds. There's really not that much separation between the two because they're driven by the same instinct. How dare you demand we keep our promises here in this august body? body?
2: How dare you
1: re- expect us to serve the people and not our own interests? How dare you not conform?
2: Didn't we have a clip of Mike Huckabee asshole coming to Trump's aid just months ago, calling Ann Coulter basically the same thing? Yes. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I Ann Coulter act- was a nut job yeah. 10 years ago, but apparently she's a nut job. Why is she a nut job now? Because she expected Trump to keep his promises.
3: Todd. Well, that adequately describes the Death Star. And to go back to where we started, the truth bomb, Republicans can get away with virtually anything. That's the Death Star. But now I'm going to mix de- uh, Star Wars and Star Trek universes because you don't believe, you just said it last week, you don't believe in the Kobayashi mirror. You can right. beat it. So I don't, at least unconsciously, you built in a failsafe in this thing, just like Jalen Mirso did. And here you are at the end, and you're talking about uh, your personal family's personal experience and you say, unless we do something to change the current trajectory, this is how it will end for us in the GOP. You talk about this all the time. But your last sentence, but, and I'm paraphrasing slightly, but the solution was out there the whole time just waiting to be found. So, one, two, three ideas, specific ideas that one person could put out of there. It might be a long shot, but how – you said virtually they can get away with anything. But to the, you're saying there's a chance. Where's our chance right now? What do we do? What does somebody do? Whether it's a a donor, a politician, anybody, and it's a long shot, but how do we break this up? Well, when I wrote
1: this chapter a year ago, I would not have envisioned. We would be at the place with the democratic party that we are now. It's amazing,
3: isn't it? I know.
1: I, I would not have guessed that. Um, and there would be no reason to guess it because we had spent decades with, with people like me having Republicans like Charles Grassley and my Republican governor telling my management, I'm the bad guy. I'm the malcontent for, for claiming that these Democrats that they go to work with every day, that this is really where they want us to go. And that I'm the one making it worse. I'm the one driving, I'm the divisive one. And we could all find some common ground and get along if it weren't for people like me that want to fight a culture war all the
3: time. You and your slippery slopes, yes. Steve.
1: And so suddenly, like that, like there wasn't, this hasn't even been like incremental. It was like we we got up one day and the Democrats were like, you know what? Let's just keep it real. It's all true. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It was just like, oh. There were no warning signs we were going to be here. It literally just occurred that the the left decided it like nefarious in the introduction of oh, the book. Oh. When he says, you know, your the greatest lie you tell yourselves about the devil is that the is the greatest trick the devil ever pulled is remaining anonymous, is that he doesn't exist. He's like nefarious like you fools. You don't literally stand up to God, to his face, and then decide you want to take on subtlety for a change. No, the devil desires to be worshipped most of all.
3: He wants his due. He wants his
1: due. That's why Nefarious is writing this book. He's tired of you guys giving your political opponents and Hollyweird and the, and the tools that he's used to get what he wants. He's tired of you... He doesn't want you it's, worshiping the created either. He wants he wants to replace the creator. Worship me instead. It's
2: Voldemort's first words to Lucius Malfoy when he comes back from the grave. Essentially, uh, there were signs, my slippery friends, and more than warnings. Yes, more than whispers. Great
1: analogy. Absolutely. Yes, they they just suddenly decided. Yeah, why not? And. And they made, I think they made one last gasp attempt in the last week to put the kibosh on this and go back to the old game plan. And they couldn't do it. That was with the situation with, they they could not rein in one freshman congresswoman from a podunk district who's been in office for six weeks. They couldn't put a hedge of protection or sanity around her. So I'm bringing that up because it's the year of no BS, right?
3: Yes. So I asked the question. If the answer I, is I, I don't have any ideas. I don't it has have to be that. I, I don't
1: have any ideas because we're not facing a theoretical invading force. We're, we're facing an actual one. That's correct. And so I, I don't know that any of that is even it, it, it's it's relevant right now. You know, because I also, if you would have told me when I finished this book last May, whenever it was, that in November, I would go vote straight ticket Republican, what would I have said to you?
2: Laughter. Mm, we yeah. need to,
1: We need to. what's the drug testing policy here at the blaze? That's what I would have said. There's no chance in hell yeah. that that would happen. None. None. In fact, if you would have told me on Labor Day Three months after I finished the book, four months after I finished the book, hey, you're gonna go and vote straight ticket Republican in November. I would have had the same response.
3: I I um
2: probably I would think, have been asking think, what drug Todd is on, actually. Well yeah. you
3: know Steve is being honest about this because he hates to tell you that he does not have the solution. I mean, I mean, really, because and sometimes because you want survival to, yeah. is the
1: only solution
3: let let me ask this i I honestly believe what i'm about i think one of the most important things that is being done along these lines currently is being done by the babylon b and tatiana mcgrath we it has been how long have has the right been the less funny party Mm -hmm. almost they they are just taking names right now steve i i now that's a that's a back uh rear guard movement you know but it's it's if you're saying that might be all we have. We that's still remember my point.
1: It, it's a rear it's a rear guard action, but we still remember Sir Thomas Moore's utopia much more than sure. we remember how his story ended. Sure. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. That he gets uh, martyred, but, you know, still left one heck of a legacy before we got to, before we got to the funeral pyre. Right. That's kind of what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you're dealing with that level of malevolence that all this all that Sir Thomas More has left is utopia. And all we have left is Tatiana McGrath and the Babylon Bee. And all we have left is to pronounce a reckoning on our way out the door so that no one is without excuse. They cannot be said that they didn't see this coming. They weren't warned. They weren't told what they were going to unleash upon themselves. Sometimes that's all we have left. And then, and then you, you try to get as many out of Sodom and Gomorrah You try to get as many out of Lot's house as you possibly can as the sulfur comes down.
3: You basically just, and when you tell it, and I'll leave you to tell, we are now Moses and the chosen people with our backs against the wall of the Red Sea. And he'd ask, How are we going to do this? And you just said, I I don't know. No, and all Moses,
1: and all how Moses responds is stand still and wait for the salvation of the Lord. Because he doesn't know either. He's following this thing step by step. He doesn't know either. You know? So when we did this with, with rules for patriots and nefarious. We found that those themes were so evergreen that they still largely apply to the current environment we're in. Some of, this is, it's not any more of, it's still every bit the lie that you can hold the Republican Party accountable as it was when I wrote this a year ago. The difference is the environment may, may, may require us to think, it's really not relevant if you can hold the Republican Party accountable. Because at this point, you are literally just putting up, you're just throwing rocks now, whatever you can in order to defend yourself and your loved ones. And if you pick up a rock and it says GOP on it, you know, that's what you got left to throw. We, we may be at that point. And you know, if I'm willing to admit that, because you know, I'm about the last person on earth to admit that. If I'm willing yeah. to admit that, then we could very well be there. Yeah. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Until tomorrow, John 317.
3: This
0: is Steve Dace.
4: On the Blaze Radio Network.